All right, guys, we're going to get into the teaching of the word today, and our young people are going to bring the word to us. Woo! There you go. So last weekend, they were at the One Youth Conference in Portland, Oregon. So they got to gather with thousands of other teenagers, and they got to hear some of the leading voices in youth ministry and some of the leading voices in the church speak over them and encourage them. And they got to encounter God together with thousands of their peers and, and really have an experience. And our goal today is that they would come and share that experience with us. Because as a church collectively, we, we supported our youth and poured into them to, to accomplish this. And so I, I asked them to take something they learned at this conference and turn it into a mini-sermon and declare it over the church. And that's what they're going to do today. They're going to declare the Word of God over the church. Amen? So they're going to go in order. I'm not going to introduce each one of us. They're just going to come up and introduce themselves as they come. And uh, we're going to receive the Word from them. So Eli, get us started. Here we go. Hi, my name is Eli, and what really caught my eye from the one conference was about relationship. And when I say relationship, I don't mean like just dating, but like someone, but with others like your parents, your family, and friends, and like your relationships and stuff should be like our our like if God loves you, is how you should love others. Like your vertical your vertical relationship with God should be how our horizontal relationship with God. Like it says in John 13, 34 through 35. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I love, have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And sometimes the relationship will be messy, but you should do your best to love because the only constant thing relationship is change. So no matter what bitterness may come and evil behavior, you should always learn to forgive. Like it says in Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Where it says, get rid of all the bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So, like some things that are bad from that relationship, you know, like if you're having like you know, guys aren't getting along with each other, like you know, brothers and siblings. <laughs> you know, that bad relationship can be used to help others, like. If this, another brother and sister or brother-brother are fighting and stuff, you can help them. Like in the conference, someone said, I forgot their name, but they said to turn your mess into a message. So basically, you should always have a good relationship with others, even if it may seem hard. And if everything may go well, you should use that to help others with that, with their relationship with others. Yeah, mine's pretty short. <laughs> Hello, I'm Rachel, 
and my message is about concept versus reality. So when we went to the conference, um, getting there was really hard because we had a four-hour delay here, so we left at like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. So it was just a long day, and then the next day uh, it snowed, so our ch plans changed, and it was also just another long day. So by the time we got to the conference that night, I was really tired and exhausted, and to be honest, I wasn't really expecting much from the first night, but God works in his own ways, and I actually got the most from that night. And um, when worship started, I was really engaged, and then when it was over, I was upset. I wanted to keep worshiping, but then the message was by Michael. I don't know how to say his last name, and that really spoke with me, or spoke to me. So I'm going to just share a little part of his message. And my main point is God doesn't want to be our concept. When God is just a concept, he doesn't change our beliefs. He just fits into our current ones. So my message is from Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So concepts to me are kind of like stories or ideas. The actual definition of a concept is an abstract idea or a generalization. So for me, like when I make like media projects, we come up with ideas and concepts for those videos. But it's not actually real. And God doesn't want to be that. He wants to be real in our lives. And one thing that Michael shared is it's kind of like celebrities. There's this like concept around celebrities because we glorify them just because they're famous. And most of the time, they are talented. And we want to know about them, but they only show us a concept of themselves. They don't actually show them who, us who they really are. But God is real, and he's always with us, and he shows us who he really is. And that's the difference between a concept and a reality. Um, God is always present with us, and we should allow him to like, make, help us in our decision-making and correct us and all of that. Um, you're not going to find your life somewhere else. You're going to find it in God. Like it says in Colossians, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And then one more thing that Michael shared is, why are we unaffected by his glory when we've seen what he's done? Um, throughout the Bible, we saw many miracles, like when he parted the Red Sea. But even in our own life, we've seen multiple miracles. So why isn't he our reality? And that spoke to me just because, you know, I've always believed in God and love serving, like, in the church. But sometimes when life gets busy, God doesn't, God isn't our schedule. He just fits into our schedule. Like, I read my Bible every day, but sometimes it's like a chore. I just do it quickly before I go to bed. But God wants to be our life. He doesn't want to be a part of our life. So, yeah, that's kind of my whole thing. Oh, uh, hello, um, I'm Milo, and uh, before I get into my little small message, I just want to, uh, you know, say thank you to the church for, uh, you know, allowing us to go to this event. This is, um, this event just was super amazing. This one conference is 
Uh, I, I had a lot of fun. I'm sure everyone else who, uh, who came had a lot of fun. And I just, the experience, I just, uh, just what I experienced there was just super, it's super, uh, I don't know. It's, I'm just so used to like being in a, you know, a small church, everyone here is family. And then I go to the one conference and there's hundreds and thousands of people in there with the, you know, with the same belief, you know, we're, we're the same, you know, we're, we're all youth, um, but we're all different at the same time. And I just thought just so cool seeing that. And, uh, you know, during worship, it was crazy. I mean, everyone would just rush to the front and start dancing. And uh, I remember our last night, I got into the front. And I was just, I was in the front front where I could probably like <laughs> high five the singers, you know. And I was just dancing, da- jumping up and down. And uh, super fun. I remember we were uh, just jumping and like people just hitting me left and right. I even tried to dance with other people and I put my arms around them and... <laughs> You know, you know, started jumping with them, and then they were they started jumping away from me. I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's all right. COVID, you know, distancing. You know, we're only like two feet apart. But that's all right. Um, and then we started playing "Deep Cries Out," um, and that was that was like our last song. Like uh, everyone, like the they were about to share their announcements, and everyone was chanting one more song. And our our last song was uh, "Deep Cries Out," and that was a. Uh, that was something, you know, in the, in the song is like, you know, we move to the left. So everyone's moving to the left and everyone's moving to the right. And then me and like two other people was moving down because we were getting trampled. <laughs> um, you know, everyone was all right. I survived. They survived. It was, it was a lot of fun. So just all around great experience. So the, the message I'll be talking about is being anchored in hope. Um, and uh, it's, so when you have like an anchor, you know, an anchor would provide security and stability. You know, you're on a boat, you throw an anchor, and you're expecting it to, you know, stop you, slow you down, you know, keep you where you are so you don't get drifted away. And, uh, and uh, this anchor it would represent hope. Um, you know, uh, hope is an expectation or a desire. Or another was like, hope is knowing what has happened and living in the acknowledgement of heaven. You know, um, when I throw this anchor off the boat, I know it's going to stop the boat, slow it down, you know, keep me secured. And, um, the, and hope in knowing that God would be there when, when I need him. Uh, it says here in Hebrews 6, 18, uh, verse 18 to 19, it says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we, as we hold to the hope that lies before, before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor our, uh, for our souls. It leads us through the certainty into God's inner sanctuary. And so it's just that, it's just knowing that God has our back. When we need him, he's there. And we, we, we know, we have that knowing that God's going to help us. But of course, as all anchors are uh, useless if it's not attached to anything. If I just throw this anchor off the boat and it's not attached to the boat, you know, it's not going to do me any good. And so, so that thing that's attached, the anchor that's attached to hope, is, you know, a rope, a chain, or other words, faith. And, uh, you know, hope is just, hope is attached and grounded in faith. 
uh, you know, to have a complete trust and confidence because I know I'm holding on to this anchor. I know I'm not going to go anywhere. Um, and then for an example, uh, in um, what's it called Matthew 14, verse 27 uh, to 31. And it says here, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you. Walk on the water. Yes, uh, uh, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did he doubt me? Peter in this story had had hope. He knew that God can get him out of uh, this situation. This is why he, uh, you know, he started walking towards Jesus. But he didn't have he didn't have the faith. It says that he was distracted by the winds and the water by the strong winds and water, and he was terrified. He was distracted by the storm, and he lost faith. He was holding on to the rope, and he let go because he saw the storm and was just, you know, distracted. And so he lost faith for that. But if we were to hold on to that rope and stay tight to faith, we know that we are going to be secured, and Jesus um, and, and God has us always. Yes, and that's it. Hello there, I'm Andrew, and what I really got from the conference was from the same message that Rachel was talking about, and what I got from it really seemed to be the underlying concept of all of the other messages at the conference, and that was the idea of an encounter with God. And so the first speaker really gave the two options that we have, that the first one is we can escape and so the escape is really the option the world gives us, that a lot of things we can do, even Hawaii, the entire economy is built on people escaping from their lives and coming here on vacation. And even our technology is often an escape for us that we can lose hours to it. <laughs> and some escapes are bad, such as sin and different things like that, but a lot of times escapes are just things that we go to but the problem is that escapes oftentimes just leave us where we started, that we still have those problems that we were trying to escape from. We're just ignoring them for that time. And as Eli kind of shared that we can't just ignore the problems, we have to deal with it. We have to be able to turn that mess into a message. And so what the opposite of that is that we can't just escape, that God instead offers us an encounter. That an encounter is what's gonna it won't necessarily change all of our problems immediately, but it equips us that we have what we need to be able to deal with those problems. And so it doesn't change our situation, but it can change our perception of the situation. And so the verses that I have is from Isaiah 6. And this was an encounter that Isaiah had with God that 
he was brought up to the, his throne room in a vision, and it says, It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building filled with, was filled with smoke. Then I said, It is all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs, and he touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven." Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And in this encounter with God, there's three different parts of it that really stood out was there was an awareness, there was acknowledgement, and there was an atonement. That the first was the awareness of God's glory. And that was really what Rachel preached about was the change that when we encounter God, it should be able to take that concept that's in our head that Many of us have lived our life learning and being at church, and we've heard the words, and it changes that from just being in our head and brings it down to our heart that we really encounter and know what it is. And one of the things that that does is it most often contradicts our flesh, that a lot of times we have our own picture and idea of what we want to do, but when we do that, it changes us, and it's not we don't want to do what we want to do, but we instead want to do what God has for us. And the second part, then, is the acknowledgement of our humanity. That, as we see here, it doesn't say this in this version, but a lot of other ones say, woe is me. That Isaiah saw that he was a broken human being, that we all are fallen short of the glory of God. And that an encounter with God, it should break our self-righteousness. That what we, we may think that we're good enough, that we have what we need on our own. But when we encounter God, we see that he's so much greater than what we have inside of us. And that instead that should be, yeah, it should change us up a little bit. That we shouldn't just try and rely everything on our own. But we know that there's something greater. And there is someone there that can help solve our problems. Because most often we can't do that on our own. And the most important thing then is then we can't just stay at that state. Maybe we have, we encounter God, we see the glory. And that... We know that we aren't good enough, but the last part is the atonement for our sins. And that for us, that we have Jesus, that we have the, he died on a cross to save us. And so that should be able to take our insecurities and turn them into courage. And when I was going through and just reading about other encounters, there was when Moses saw the full glory of God, that he fell on his feet and he recognized his humanity. And then after that, that's when God gave them the law, the and really allowed for that atonement with him. And for me, I, when I was 15, I really only lived with that idea of the concept that I lived in what was called the awareness, but not the awe, is what they called it. And that I knew what God wanted for my life, but I was kind of just living it my own way. That I would kind of thought I could solve all of my problems on my own. And then thing was I couldn't. I had a bunch of emotional issues. And it was at the last one conference, and the speaker was talking, and she said that there's some of you here that 
you think your life's okay, but on the inside, you know it's not okay. And that really touched me, and that caused me to seek after God. And at that conference, I had that encounter where it changed from just being up here in my head and down here in my heart that I wanted to live it out. And at this conference, it was a reminder of that, that encounter and being able to live in that through my life. And the main thing was you can't just have one encounter and let it coast. And when I lived in Washington, our youth pastor always called it, we have a bucket with a big hole in the bottom that we can be filled up, but it pours out and through our lives. And so we need to continually be filling that up with the Holy Spirit. And so God's goal is not just to get us to heaven, but instead we should be able to live in that encounter and we can bring heaven down to earth and live as an example to other people. And that from the encounter, as it was really, they said this conference was so that you could have an opportunity to encounter God, that in from that encounter, the theme was fear no evil, that that's how you don't have to fear evil, is that you live in the awe of God instead, and so fear him instead of man. And that from that encounter, we can change that from being head knowledge to being down in our hearts. And that our relationships, that how to take it from being a horizontal or a vertical relationship with God to being able to have a horizontal relationship with others is having that encounter and knowing what God has spoken into your life. And the last thing he said really touched my heart was he said that when you have that, you'll be able to turn the world upside down. And our youth group is Inversion Youth with the built off that idea that we want to turn the world upside down. And so that's where it starts, is that we have to have that encounter and being able to live through that and having all of our actions determined by that. And it's all in Sunday, and I saw that too, that how we live all in is we have to have that encounter, that we can't just go all in by ourselves, that we have to first know what God is in our lives and how he's able to help us when we're all in, that we're not just going all out there on our own, that we have him that is rooted as our anchor. So thank you. Well, hello. Um, wow, this table probably looked a lot smaller when Andrew was standing in front of it. <laughs> just, just something I noticed. Um, good thing we don't have a tablet right here, because then it would be. <laughs> um, but we had the honor of going with um, the youth group to uh, the one conference. Liz and I decided to wear uh, blue section wristbands that uh, they gave us to tell us where to sit each night. And I've gone, I think this is my third youth group, or youth conference. Uh, back, first one I went to was GU, and now it's one. Uh, but for me, I actually had the honor and privilege of uh, being the chaperone of our two senior boys, Andrew and Milo. So after each night, we would sit down and we'd talk about, like, hey, what, what is, uh, what's going on with you? Like, how, how did out of this conference, and I just kind of, I remember telling them, like, this is, well, this is your last conference as a quote-unquote youth. Like, you might go back to another conference, but you're not going to be considered a youth at that time. But as much as um, 
this conference was designed around, as Andrew was talking about, encountering God, um, and it was designed for the youth. I feel like as leaders, we got just as much out of it. Um, it was just amazing from uh, the breakout sessions for the leaders, as well as the general sessions were just uh, absolutely amazing. Um, Andrew kind of touched on it. One of the one of the major ones that really kind of stood out to me is uh, was the message of his, uh, two types of fear. There's the fear of man and the fear of God. Um, and a lot of people don't want to do one thing because, oh, what will others think of me? What what is someone gonna say about me if I do this? If I step out? If I'm different? Um, and that's kind of the the way a lot of us think is we're always so self-conscious of what others might think of us. Um, you're not so focused on what God is thinking of you or what God is asking of you in that sense. Um, I mean, it, for a lot of you that have been here a long time, you've heard it prophesied over me to be a preacher. I have had a lot of times of like, no, 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 that's not for me. That's not for me. Um, and then after hearing that message at the one conference, it was kind of one of those things like, huh, was I doing that because I was afraid of what people were thinking of me or what I was thinking of myself or just not having the right heart, not having the right mindset in that um, where, oh, not that, somehow I accidentally opened my camera. <laughs> All right. Um, there is a lot of different definitions on the fear of man, uh, but one that uh, Kirsten Jones spoke on was that it's a trap. And traps are designed to capture and control. But the problem with the fear of man is that it's a trap that makes you think you're free, makes you think you have the mobility to go and do. If you're doing something behind the behind doors, behind closed doors, oh, nobody knows, nobody knows, kind of deal. You're, not, you're still thinking of what other people are thinking of you um, in that sense. So it's a, it's a false sense of mobility and control because you think you have that. Whereas um, the fear of God, which is the fear of like, what is God telling me to do? Is God telling me to be a preacher? Is God telling me to step up on stage and be on the worship team. Um, there's a lot of different things. And if you have the right fear of mindset, quote unquote, um, fearing God and what he's asking you, you, you stop thinking about what others think of you. You stop thinking about the worry of like, oh, man, if I do this, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be um, outcast. Or if I say this wrong, if I do this, it's, that's all that wrong mindset. We want to have that mindset of, being all in, of being God-fearing people. And so when God steps or asks us to step out of our comfort zone, which he does all too often, we have to be ready and willing to take that. Uh, because where is our fear greater, fear of man or fear of God? Now I'm going to hand it over to my wife. Good morning, everyone. Um, this was actually my first time at the One Conference, and it was such an amazing time. And honestly, as leaders, we were just like, we're there for the kids. We're going to make sure they're okay, that, 
you know, they're getting fed, but boy, did we get, like, we got fed too. Um, one of the songs that they shared or that we heard there is called Fresh Wind, and that's kind of like the words that I've kind of been, like, carrying with me. Like, that reminds me of the conference, and that was a song by Hillsong. Um, one, because we got there safely. Like, we had to wait in Lahui for four hours, and, like, they're working on something with the engine, <laughs> and I was like, all right, let's pray right now. And then the turbulence getting there, it was like, okay, God, like, please, <laughs> we need your fresh wind to just push us in there um, safely. But I just had three quick reminders, whether you're a kid, you're a teenager, an adult, whether you're in ministry or not. Um, number one is in everything that you do, always go to the Lord first. So we all have different jobs. We all do different things. We all serve in different ways. But, you know, God is first, and that is the reason why you do what you do. That's for us anyway, and I think, you know, if you believe in God and if he is first in your life, then he always needs to be first. You know, why am I doing this? Why am I in the job that I am? Like, God has called you to do what you are doing. Um, and then the second reminder um, was to pray, pray, pray. I just wrote it three times because, you know, um, it's very important to pray in everything that we do. Um, in our marriage, with our friends, in our discipleship. And just like the kids that you're serving or the youth that you're serving, like we just got reminded, um, it was the last breakout session. It was for adults only. They're like, all right, guys, you're free from the kids. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> they like reminded us that always pray for our students and even um, whether it's one, two, three, or four that you get to pour out um, to, just always keep them in prayer, keep yourselves in prayer, the messages that you're, you know, delivering to them, and even, like, how you live your life and the example that you are. Like, the kids are watching you, and even, you know, like people in our church, they're watching us, you know, outside of being on the band and standing up here and talking, like, outside of church, what, what does our life look like? Um, and then my third point was, and it kind of goes with the praying, in order to disciple, we need to be in right standing with God. So kind of like Jake shared, it's like, you know, you can show one thing, but what is your life behind closed doors, I guess? You know, are you in right standing with God? Or are you living in sin? Like, you shouldn't, you know, be living in sin and, I guess, being a leader. Um, and then there was a quote, I don't remember, but they said, if the tree is not strong, the fruit will be weak. So... We are fruitful when we obey God and his word. So that should be first in our life. God, his word, and what he has called us um, to do. And it looks different. Oh, that's your phone. For everyone. But it was, you know, things that we knew, but like amazing reminders for everyone. Everyone's in a different season. You know, right now we don't have kids, but there was a bunch of pastors, you know, in the uh, breakout session, you know, they have kids. So it's not just like they have a full-time job. They have their own kids. And then they have kids that, you know, they want to be there for. So, yeah, it was just um, little things that we were reminded of that just kind of brought us back to life. I feel like we're involved in a lot of things and along with church and our full-time jobs. Like, we want to go on adventures and we want to do this and we want to spend time together. So it can be a little exhausting, but, like, we love it. And so God was just reminding us, like, okay, it's okay to do all the things that you want to do, but keep me first and my word and just be present in everything. 
and like Rachel shared, sometimes our busy schedules make, like, God will be kind of like, you just fit him in where you can. But it's like, on your drive to work, just break out in worship music or, you know, have your partner pray for you. Like, we ride to work together, and sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things to do. Like, I have a to-do list. But make God part of your to-do list. So, anyway, I'm going to leave you guys with a scripture that I really loved, um, Psalms 19, 7 through 9, in the TPT version. And it says, God's word is perfect in every way, how it revives our souls. His laws lead us to truth, and his ways change the simple into wise. His teachings make us joyful and radiate his light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. The, re the revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he says ever needs to be changed. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I, pr I prize God's word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness as seeking, seeking sorry, his living words. So before we go into our last song, I'd just like to, again, I know Milo said it, but thank you guys for supporting us and getting us there. Um, our whole trip was paid for, so thank you on behalf of the leaders and the youth group that did go. Um, I'm going to do a quick prayer, and then we're going to introduce another song that we really liked from the conference. Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for just everything that you're blessing our youth group with, uh, blessing us as leaders with and blessing everyone in the church with that we get to share what we experienced in this conference this encounter that we got to experience at this conference so lord we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives um and we honor and praise you in your name we pray